Hello, hello, kings and queens, and welcome to Nubian Queen Talk. I am your host, Queen Yolanda Mitchell, and I have our very own guest back with us, Rhiannon Fisher, and she's coming to talk to the drug addicts, calling, she's on this podcast to give drug addicts hope, to let them know that, hey, it doesn't matter where you are in your life, that you can still come out of the place that you're in, doesn't matter how long you was in it, doesn't matter what type of drugs you were on, if God did it for her, surely God would do it for you, so you are not too far gone, that God can reach way down and pick you up, so this podcast here today is to encourage those of you that are in your situation right now, that you may be high right now. You may be looking for drugs right now, but let me here to tell you that this woman of God is here to speak to you. She's here to minister to you, you woman, you brother. She's here to hear, to speak to you, sister, queen, and king. She's here to speak to you, to encourage you and let you know that she has been there and done that and she's here to give you hope today to let you know God Almighty know all and he sees all and this is a no judgment zone this is a no judgment place and nobody's here to judge you so take out your time listen to the words that this woman of God has to speak to you because she's been through it she's been there she's done the drugs and God has set free and delivered her and now she's here to minister to you and give you the same encouragement that she was received, that she received, that bought her out of bondage. So thank you, Queen Rihanna. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day. I'm working on some schoolwork and uh, I'm thankful. Things, things are progressing in my life and I appreciate the opportunity to use your platform to share my story mm. and to share what helped me and to encourage people nice. and know that there are people out there that will not judge you for where you're at, where Come you've on. been, but encourage you to be where you want to be. Wow. And that's powerful in the end. And it's people like yourself who's a beautiful soul inside and out that have been through it and say, I'm looking at you, but I'm not looking at you with judgmental eyes. I'm not looking at you. I'm not, I'm not saying, why can't you just get off the drugs i'm not looking at you and just thinking that it's just that simple and easy i'm coming to you with love i'm coming to you with open arms to embrace you in the spirit and let you know that just like god did it for me surely he'll do it for you so rihanna will you go into details with us and help us to find out what was what was the breaking point for you that you just decided you know, I am going to stop doing the drugs and then we'll get to that place where you said, well, you know, what the, what were your steps to recovery? You know, even even though you got to that place when you started your new life and the pastor prayed for you, right? And you were delivered. You know, we all know that, you know, even though it was, it was, it sounded like it was easy, but what was the steps? What are some of the things, you know, that you, that you did to get you to, to, to the point of saying, I'm not going to do it anymore. And even though these things are right here in my face and I'm being taunted by it, I'm being, uh, I'm having, you know, I'm feeling, you know, like these things are coming to me and they're trying me, but I'm having to resist it. So what was your breaking point? Tell us your breaking point is when you just decide enough is enough. And then tell us what were some of the steps that you went through to help you, you know, resist the temptation of going back 
to the drugs? Like, what are your steps? Like, did you stop talking to certain people? Did you leave town? Did you, and even when you left town, and even though you might have found yourself around people that probably was doing drugs, you could see it. What was the things that you had to do to resist the temptation not to try it again? So let's start, let's start with uh, what was your breaking point? So my breaking point um, was when CPS showed up at my house and <clears throat> it was right in front of me. I tried to lie and say, no, like, I'm not, I'm not on drugs. I just pick my face. Um, it's in my family is what I said. Right. Is that we just, we pop pimples and they're looking at me and I'm mm-hmm. sure they see almost a, a dead body, like a skeleton. I was gray in color. I was losing weight. I had bruises all over me. I'm sure probably because my iron was low because I wasn't eating. Um, And, you know, I wasn't honest with them. And they said, okay, well, we're going to need you to take a drug test. And that drug test and that panel, it showed up that I had tested positive for everything on the panel except PCP. Mm -hmm. So... You know, they sat down and talked to us, and, you know, I I cried out. I was like, I want to get sober. I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm miserable. I I hate my life. I hate who I've become, you know. And uh, so, like I had said prior, they didn't take my kids away or anything. They put Miles and Destiny with their dads now. I had my ex-husband, and then I had Kate. So I have these two children um destiny went with her dad and miles went with his dad and here i am sitting in an empty house and uh i didn't have anyone i had my next door neighbor so these people were like okay we're gonna invest into making sure she stays sober and i'm thinking there's no way that these people can keep me sober tomorrow morning when i wake up and i'm dope sick I'm going to have the urge to use. So the only thing I knew to do is go to a rehab center that I had been before after my sister died. You know, I went to rehab and I stayed sober for a little while. And then, you know, it's just, it's a cycle where I stay sober, relapse, stay sober, relapse. And so I didn't know what to do, but go to rehab. And um, I went to rehab and basically they just helped me detox. So I was in there for, you know, 10 days, and then they offered me an intensive outpatient program. And it wasn't easy. I was excited that I was um, I was sober, right. but I had no idea how to maintain it right. because all I thought about was drugs. Mm-hmm. All I thought about is how I, if I use drugs, then all this stuff, me being separated from my kids, like it would just make it better. CPS required me to take random drug tests though to be around my kids. So, you know, I got out of rehab. I didn't test positive for anything and I was allowed to see my kids. And, but the requirements was to take a drug test. So I was sober, but I was still, I was miserable. I, I didn't feel like I could be honest, I had all this guilt on me that I didn't feel was okay to express. I was in an intensive outpatient program, but I was quiet. I I didn't participate much. I did what they asked me to do, but I really just sat around and listened to people. Um, So I did that 
and I did it, you know, until I went to visit my mom. Right. And, you know, when I, when I saw my mom, I was so happy, and I hadn't seen her in, like, three years, and, you know, she held me, and I just, I cried my eyes out. I I was like, oh, my God, this, this feels so good. I feel safe. I feel loved. I feel accepted. Mm. And um, spending that week with my mom, you know, really just changed things because, yes, I was sober, but I wasn't happy with the person who I was. Right. Um, this guilt just hovered over me. And, you know, as God moved and delivered me from drugs and alcohol, it, it was a peace that I hadn't experienced. I felt like I could do this. I felt like I could really do this, that I was going to change my life forever. Right. And I had those feelings in Florida, but when I went back to Indiana mm. and I wasn't around the people because right. I knew that if I, if I were to be around them, that I would relapse. So I wasn't you know, my, my drug dealer was texting me and calling me and, you know, I'm used to spending $300 every other day. So he's used to that. So right. he's reaching out to me. My friend um, that I used with was reaching out to me and saying, well, I can support you. I can be your friend still. But she was still using. So right. I knew that wasn't. You know, possibility. Right. So here, you know, all these kids mad at me. My ex-husband's mad at me. All my friends are mad at me. And under, like, I understand where they were at, but I needed those people so bad. Um, so when I'm in Indiana, I just go alone, and all these temptations are around me. And I'm sitting in this house alone. Um, it was empty. Kate had moved all, moved all this stuff out. I had nothing. to get sober and 
When you're in active addiction, all you do is pray. All you do is cry out to God mm. and say, you know, like, please God help me. Or at least I did right. every night. Like, please God help me. Um, and then every morning I would say, God, please help me. Please let my drug dealer answer the phone. I'm sick. God, please help me. Mm. So I have two things contradicting one another because at night when I'm alone and it's quiet, I know how bad this is. I know that I lost two siblings in an overdose and it wasn't something they chose to do. They didn't know that they were going to die. And I didn't know if I was going to die or not. Um, That last night I used, I had my neighbor like watch me so I didn't stop breathing because I had used so much I'm laying on the couch and CPS had left I'm home alone I have a little you know heroin and meth hidden and um I I do it and I lay on the couch and that's when I had this vision of my dead body laying in the bathroom where you know I snorted my drugs and my spirit hanging over it so I thought okay is God gonna take me home tonight and I couldn't stay awake though I I was high I mean so it was scary um but back to just listening to God's promise I I did move to Florida and that didn't mean that life got easy right I think um, when you're struggling with active addiction, what's best is obviously first and foremost your relationship with God. And it's almost, for me, it's almost like a a conversation. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking to a friend and I'm telling God how I feel and I'm telling him what I'm ashamed of. And um, all these people are judging me, but I have this one person who no matter what I say, she doesn't judge me mm-hmm. but gives me the acceptance so you know when you're in in sobriety and you're looking for that hope you know you have that within god but you you almost want to find it with someone else you want to connect with another person maybe in your church or you know a co-worker someone who's not going to judge you and understand right. like hey i'm an addict this is this is what I've been through, right. and you know the devil will attack attack your mind. I used to randomly think of something awful that I did that was unspeakable, and in, in a way that I really couldn't say it out loud because it was that bad. Wow. And I was talking to my mom last night, and I, I'm like, I can't even remember, but I remember driving down the road and thinking oh my God, I can't believe I did this. And I have it internally and it's eating my soul, but I know I can say it out loud to my mom and she's going to be like, Rihanna, that's the past. We right. don't live in the past. Right. You know, you have to move past it. Right. That's something you did in active addiction. Would you do it now? Absolutely not, mom. I wouldn't do that now. I just can't believe I did it. I can't believe that I was in such a low place mm. that I chose to do that thing. Right. And now that I'm sober, I'm dealing with it, mm. and it's hard. Right. It's hard to process. People in active addiction, you know, um, you are. You're just selfish, but you don't realize that. Right. You know, 
you'll you'll see it afterwards and I'll be the first to tell you people will let you know they will not you know people in your life will not hold back and say oh well I can't believe you did this you hurt me so bad all you can do is apologize Mm. uh, validate their feelings I think that's so important when you validate someone's feelings instead of giving excuses say I understand why you would feel that way I truly do that's good but I apologize Mm -hmm. for for the mistakes that I have made I can commit to doing better not saying I won't have downfalls or mishaps but I can commit to doing better um and that's all you can do right you can't you can't dwell on these people that are so mad at you because all that's gonna do is bring you down Mm -hmm. and um I think the most important thing in sobriety is acceptance and you haven't you're working on becoming a new person Mm -hmm. so you you need to accept yourself and feel strong within yourself even though all these things have led you know to poor choices all these addictions have led to poor choices and you know you are selfish and you did make bad decisions that are now you know right here in front of your face because you're dealing with it and you're processing it but uh, once you start accepting yourself you won't look <clears throat> for acceptance in other people. Mm. Basically, when you start loving yourself mm-hmm. and loving who you are, you're no longer looking for another person to validate you or create your happiness. Right. So you slowly start to work within yourself and realize, I'm good enough. Come yeah, on. I made bad decisions, right. but I'm good enough. Come I love on. myself. I'm not where I used to be. I'm no longer that person. So that person isn't going to hover over me and make me feel guilty and unloved and unwanted. I love myself. I make myself happy. Come on. I'm working this alone. No one's making me be sober. Mm. And in the beginning, I was forced to be sober, but then I wanted it. Come on worked and moved in me and I wanted it so bad I used to wake up every single day and with a dry eraser I would write how many days I had made it clean come on and my my mom would say Rhiannon you know one day you'll let that go and it'll just be a new life for you Mm. but for now write that write affirmations on your mirror come on letting you know you're good enough come on God God has allowed you to be a new person you have a new life you know you're making better choices than what you were and someone might be upset with you for things that you did while you were in active addiction mm-hmm. like I said validate their feelings right. and say I understand why you feel that way why? but I have moved past that I apologize for the things that I had done but here I am now <clears throat> and uh, it, re- it really changes things once you start accepting yourself and also what changes things is um not worrying about being judged right right you know I was so upset that all these people knew I was an addict and how they were gonna judge me right that didn't change overnight right I I was worried about that for a while Mm -hmm. and then I thought how how does that affect my life right how is me feeling guilt affecting my life it's not positive but yet negative 
and uh, as as time progressed, that first year was the hardest year I think you know I ever had to go through, and it was a different hard than the grief of losing my siblings. It was a different type of hard. Mm-hmm. It was um, getting your mental state right on track. Mm-hmm. So you go through so many ups and downs and one day you'll feel on top of the world and you're like oh my god like my life is so good now and then you know you'll get a call from a lawyer that you owe a bill or you'll get you know they're taking you to small claims court and you have nothing you know okay I, i had nothing right so it will it seriously was the toughest year of my life but I I had someone to turn to and I would pray and I would talk to God constantly but I would say I would you know freak out basically Mm -hmm. like mom oh my god like I can't believe this what am I gonna do they're gonna take me to jail if I don't pay this bill I don't have the money and she's like it's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. it's all gonna work out and you have to believe that and looking back Yolanda why I was telling you this is like all the things that I was freaking out about and so upset and Mm -hmm. my stomach was in knots I wanted to get sick at times I can't even remember what it was it and it was so big to me in that moment but it it actually wasn't but that's how that's how you look at it that's how you face it right because you can't say oh well I owe a doctor bill but I can just take some more tabs and it'll go away right i I couldn't do that. Right. And the temptation is still there, though. Right. That takes a while to where you no longer have cravings. You no longer think that you can solve all your problems through a drug. Mm-hmm. That's the way. But that's the way my mind was trained because of 12 years of active addiction. Right. That's, am- that's amazing. It's, you know, it's like, you know, you have moved forward. But the but the constant battle or back and forth of saying, you know, when I was on drugs, it took all of that away. I didn't care about the hospital bill, didn't care about any other bills, didn't care about this and that and going to court, you know, because it took it took you out of reality and what's really going on. It soothed where you were at that moment, it's like a temporary feel that you got to constantly feel and feel and feel so that you can you know, overlook all the stuff, all the hurt and the pain that you went away. It numbed all of that. And now you're having to see, to feel, and to process what's going on. And then it's like that past, the things that you did in the past, now you got to deal with that. The stuff that you did that you overlooked in the past and the things that you did been on the drugs that have created the hospital bills and things of that nature. Now that stuff you got to deal with. And it's because you made a decision in the past and now you're saying, I got to move forward and I got I can't go back to these drugs because of the state that I was in. I have my children and you made a conscious decision. You, and like you just said, it wasn't easy. You know, now you're having to figure out how you're going to live without these drugs that you've lived with for so long. And now you're having to relive. You have to, now you're having a whole different life that you're going to have to, you're experiencing now moving forward you know and trying to get your babies back and it's trying to just say i'm taking one day at a time i'm not going to rush this thing i'm telling you, you have such a an anointing powerful you know testimony and i want to ask you a question what were some of the thoughts that you had that would come to you whenever things 
you know, started happening. You decided to move past the drugs. But did you ever have any thoughts about, you know, if you get back on the drugs, how it's going to make you feel like, and, you know, what were some of the thoughts that you, that came to you? You know, did you ever have any of those thoughts that would tell you just get, just take these drugs? Did you ever be tempted like that? Yes, I was um, tempted a lot. And I think people that use drugs are typically trying to cope with some type of trauma mm. or some type of feeling yes, that yeah. hurt so bad you can't deal with it. Right. You know, once I got sober, I was like thinking, oh my God, I lost my twin brother. And mm. I lost my sister. And like, I can't believe this is reality. And, you know, what was I thinking? I was. I, it hurt so bad and, and even all the way back to my dad committing suicide I, all these emotions were so heavy they were so heavy to deal with it, was, it wasn't something I had to deal with I put all the pictures away I just disassociated with the trauma through using drugs right. um, and so I go to my mom's house right mm-hmm. and my mom has pictures of my brother and sister everywhere. Mm. They're everywhere. Right. And I'm, I'm not, I haven't looked at pictures of them sober in so long. I would just feel this heaviness on my heart and it would hurt so bad. Mm. It was, it was like always in my face. And, and you know, my mom is so strong that she would talk about it. Right. And I'm thinking, how can she possibly wow. talk about this? Right. And it hurt so bad. And I was thinking, you know, if I if I took some pain pills, I wouldn't have to deal with this. Right. And so I think, you know, avoiding the triggers is dealing with the trauma. Mm. And once you work through that and you're able, again, to accept that, then it's a lot easier. But, yeah, I, I thought about taking a handful of lower tabs, you know. I had all that dental work, and... You know, these dentists are offering me, you know, narcotics, and I, I'm just like, oh, I can't. Like, I'm in recovery. I, I always try to use the word recovery because I hate using the word addict, but sometimes it's just habit. But I would say, oh, I'm in recovery. And then on the drive home, I was thinking, why, why couldn't I just take a break, just take a step away from reality and all these things and all these people coming against me. Why couldn't I just take a day or two break and take these pills? And that's and that's you, you getting through the hard times because mm. you have to think, I did say no. Right. And nothing is going to change the situation. I'm still going to feel that in two days, but I'm going to feel, you know, like I've wasted everything that I work towards. And, uh, it, it's hard and and the thing is like working in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. you're around that so much oh really it, it is oh yes absolutely any restaurant that I've ever worked at and I feel like God has given me um the spirit of discernment right. so as I'm working with these people now like at my job I can say oh man like they're really bad on cocaine mm-hmm. or right. they process they're now on meth and vitamin and these people are on you know pain pills these people are on heroin these people might be doing suboxone and uh i see that it doesn't make me want it it makes me honestly scared and i feel a heaviness in my heart Mm. because i've been there 
you know, working in the restaurant business. And, I, and you know, a couple weeks ago, I saw these two girls and they were so high on cocaine. I was scared for them to leave work. Oh, wow. And I know, I, I truly was. I, I was just praying all night, praying all night. And uh, you see these people and you see them just working through things. And, you know, I can think, I know this girl a little bit. She can't have children. You know, she's devastated. She's okay. getting older. She was never able to conceive a child. And now I see her constantly on drugs, dealing with trauma through that. Mm. You don't, drugs just aren't fun. Right. It's not it's not fun when you're an addict it's right. no longer fun it's that chase it's being sick right. it's going without it's it's that chase so all these situations that i'm facing in the beginning of sobriety of thinking about using you know i i i could see my that spirit again i could see my spirit hovering over my dead body mm. and my mom had told me from the beginning she said Rhiannon you've been so close to death so many times Mm -hmm. and that pastor spoke that word over you when you were you know 15 years old that you would be so close to death but God would save you every time she said I am telling you now Rhiannon if you ever use again God's gonna take you home and I respect everything my mom says even now Mm. even now Anything my mom says, I know that it's true and it's coming from her heart and things that God has told her. Um, so I was scared to use, but that didn't, that doesn't mean that I didn't think about it. Right. But once I really started thinking about it, I would think, okay, I'll take these lure tabs and then what? Then I'm going to be chasing that feeling again mm. of where I didn't have to deal with these emotions. Right. And then it's going to lead to a drug addiction. Right. And then it's going to lose everything that I have and everything I've worked towards. And so it, you still think about it in the beginning. Now, it's not a thought in my mind. I, I don't ever think, um, man, like I had such a bad day at work. I had, you know, my kids and, and they were just being awful. Mm-hmm. And I'm so stressed out. I got a test coming up and a paper due. I just start making lists and prioritizing what I need to do first. My first thing is I start in prayer with God. I start talking to God and processing everything that I'm going through. And it really is just a conversation in my head. Mm. Um, That's how how I see God in prayer. He knows our heart. But me talking to him and telling him what's on my heart, then, you know, I'm praying and then I go to God and praise and worship and you know it's weird the moments that I I do this I go in my car and I may sit in the driveway and I may talk to God and then I listen to my praise and worship and then I feel motivated and I feel encouraged to go inside tell my kids I love them you know validate how they may be feeling upset over something that happened at school and now they're acting out at home right getting understanding love them and then like okay what's do first so you start prioritizing and working through what needs to be done if you have a problem you know of course you want to go to god but i pray that these people new in the recovery have someone that they can reach out to right. that's not going to judge them right 
you know, for an addict near in recovery, they need to be able to go to someone and say, you know what, all I keep thinking about is using. Mm. And this is the, the reason why. Right. And they're going to say, I understand why you may feel that way. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I truly do. Mm-hmm. But let's look at the steps you've made. Let's look at how far come you've on. come in come this on. recovery process. Is it worth losing all of that? What can we do to make the situation better now? Mm. We can't change what has already happened. Right. I understand that you're upset over this, but we can't change it. Right. So right now, we're going to go into that moment of acceptance. We're going to accept that we had a really bad day at work, but we're going to move past it. And our next shift is going to be even better. We're going to have a great shift and... You know, everything's going to get done that it needs to get done. People lose their driver's license. You know, people get sober and they're like, oh my God, like I have all this to deal with. I'm facing jail time. Mm-hmm. My family won't let me in my house, in their house because I've stolen. No mm-hmm. one is supporting me. Everyone's judging me and right. what a terrible person I am. Right. There's going to be a person that loves you for exactly where you are in that Come moment. On. God loves you for where you're at. Yes. You know? And and once people start accepting themselves and accepting that God loves them, even if they stole while they were in active addiction, even if they lost their license for having, you know, getting a DUI, all these things, they're hard. They're, they're so hard to deal with. It really, truly is. You know, I think that, of course, what I had was hard to deal with for sure but I had my mom who loved and supported me right and listened to my deepest darkest secrets that I couldn't say out loud because they were so bad Mm. and she didn't say oh my Rhiannon I can't believe you did that she didn't say I understand that you did that but are you doing it now are you working to improve your life and make it better for you and your children so you're going to have to accept that that happened and we're going to move past it. Come on. And uh, it, it's hard, though. You know, you don't have that mindset. You need that constant reassurance. You really do. Um, there's things that pop up in my head now, especially in a quiet time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to say, well, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. You know, I'm not snorting heroin. Come on. Doing math anymore. Mm-hmm. So when I look at previous pictures when I'm strung out and stuff, mm-hmm. I used to look at that and be like, oh my God, like I can't believe that it looked like that. I can't believe I did that. Right. And now I look at it and say, oh my God, look how far God has brought me. Come on now. That right, right there. Yes. Wow. And that happens every single day that you make it sober. Mm-hmm. It gets easier every single day. So if you have to write on a mirror how many days you have sober, if you have to listen to praise and worship for hours, Come on. if you have to pray your way through things, mm-hmm. that was my mom's favorite line. You have to pray your way through it, Rhiannon. Come on. You have to talk to God through it. Through it. And uh, that helps a lot. It's like having a best friend. Mm. It, it really is. 
and every day gets easier. It does. Wait till you make it, you know, to your your year of sobriety. It, it's and then you just go to another year. And I'm completely open with my sobriety. I mean, I tell anybody that wants to know. My tutors <laughs> at school, they know I'm in recovery. Mm-hmm. We all celebrate together. People now. look at it as a bad thing that you can't share because addiction is so ugly mm-hmm. and so nasty. And there's such mm-hmm. a stigma on addiction. Right. And so people hide it. Right, right, right. Especially in the beginning, I hid it. Right. Who wants to work with someone that used to be on meds? Right. You know, they're not going to see you for where you're at right now. They're going to see that drug addiction that you had six months ago. Right. And then you get to a point where I don't care what people think. I'm proud of myself. Right. I have this sobriety under my belt. I did this. God worked through me to get me where I'm at. Right. I did this. I'm, I'm proud of my sobriety. I'll. I used to think, like, I shouldn't share this. I shouldn't share this before and after picture. Mm. It looks so bad. It looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as time went on, I thought about how beautiful it was. Come on. The transformation that God did in me. Right. And I, I want other people to know that God can do that in them. Right. He can set you free, but you got to do the work. Come on. You he got he to can do the work. make things happen in your life. He can make those hospital bills go away. Come on. But you got to do what it takes to address them. Mm. You can't just say, okay, well, I have all this debt and not do anything about it. It's hard. It's so hard. I used to have my mom sit next to me while I call these places. Mm-hmm. Just just sit next to me right. while I did that. Right. So... I had that encouragement, and I just knocked things off slowly, one at a time, while while dealing with trauma. That is such an amazing, touching story that you have, and I'm telling you, you're you're gonna impact nations in the world, and you're gonna have so many people, you know, that you know, need to hear this story just to hear your authentic, raw truth about what you went through and just knowing that you had one person that you didn't call out so many people that you went to go talk to and give the give your raw truth. You have one person. You just I just got this mess on the inside of me and these thoughts that I just need to get out. And I'm not crazy. I just have these thoughts from time to time. Mama, can I tell you my dirty truth and you not judge me? And like you said, don't say, oh my goodness, you know, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't, you know, she just reassured you that, okay, you're not doing it now. So let's, you know, okay, I got it. And let's move forward. It's like you had someone that was non-judgmental, and that's what drug addicts need. Someone who would not judge them, but they have to get to a place where they are tired of doing drugs for real and they're making the proper steps to get away from that lifestyle of what keeps them going back because you got to change. Like you changed up where you were. You said, I got to get up from this place. I got to leave here and go to a place that, you know, 
you, you, where you had to leave your children and the place where you're not, you know, um, really wanting to go, but you know, you had to leave because your life depended on it. And you said, I'm going to stay here. And of course you could have moved, you know, where your mom was and you could have found other drug dealers, you know, because they're everywhere, you know, but you they just are. said, you know, I'm not going to do that. And then, Hey, you got a toothache. You got other things that you're going through with doctor's appointments, hospitals, and people are, you know, doctors are giving you drugs, not knowing, you know, where you are in your life. And you're saying, no, this is, you know, I got to, I got to hold myself accountable. And you decide not, I'm not going to do that. So, I mean, cause it's like, you know, you're going to have those temptations and not that they're deliberately trying to tempt you. It's just that, hey, this is what they prescribe for someone that had the type of work, you know, that you've had on your body. They give you those type of pills, you know, and you're saying that I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I can't take that home with them. I'm not going to take it home. I'm not getting the prescription. I'm not getting the prescription field just in case I'm not doing any of that because those are triggers and then something may happen or may have a thought and just and know and those pills are going to be there and available and it's going to be hard for me to resist because I know they're in the house and right. to give and, and for you to give you know addicts hope that you went through all of that and to tell them hey you may have to leave where you are you may have to you may have to go to rehab you may have to leave from these people that make it easy for you to have access to the drugs you may have friends that's going to even come back to you and say hey you know i'll take care of you like you said i'll take care of you they made it sound easy you could have easily fallen into that trap of them saying i'll take care of you you don't have to worry about it don't worry about it you know your drug dealer used to get that money every day he, he know nobody else was going to give him a thousand dollars a week more than likely he was going to get you know, two to four hundred, five hundred dollars, six hundred maybe a week from one person, you know, and you was probably his best client and he definitely didn't want to lose you. You know, he probably could make that money sit home doing nothing when they knew that within a week's time, you know, he was gonna make four or five hundred dollars in a week. That's a post that's a person's paycheck working on a job, on a real job, but they're not gonna go to jail behind, you know, and that is just such an awesome testimony you know, for you to tell other people and for us that are listening to understand that, you know, people don't want to be like that. It's just circumstances, you know, may have occurred in their life and they try to soothe their pain with drugs. And it's for us to have a, a, a open heart, willingness to understand them and for us not to allow them to, to manipulate because you do have people out there in the world that see people and know people like our us that will try to do our best to help and that's what well, I'm going to use it to my advantage and you know and they're not really really trying but you're talking about for people that are ready they'll make the proper steps like you did they'll make the proper changes to say I just want to leave this place and you was holding yourself accountable in certain places you just didn't go you know your mom didn't have to worry about okay Rihanna why are you out at 2-3 o'clock in the morning what are you doing now you just made a conscious decision that I'm not going to do this anymore I can't keep doing this right. you know you didn't have her up worried about you and you know and then you know this had to happen that had to happen you went through all of your spells and when you just made a, a decision made up in your mind that you were going to do it you stayed the course and I'm so godly proud of you thank you so much for making a change in your life and telling your story, your raw truth. I love you so much. And thank you for getting on this podcast. I love you. And if there's anything else that you would like to say, is there anything you would like to say before I close out? Um, I just wanted to say that 
about three weeks ago, I was in church and I was just praying, crying out to God. And I asked God to use me. Mm. I asked him, I'm ready, God, use me. Come on. I want to be that person mm. that will not judge an addict for a single thing Come on. they do, but accept them and encourage them. I will be that person who takes calls in the middle of the night. I am ready for God to use me and I will do whatever he wants me to do. I'm open. Come on. Oh, wow. And with that, with that being said, is there a number or any, you know, other way that they can actually, you know, contact you? Um, What's your name on Facebook so that they can reach you, you know, maybe on messenger or email or something of that nature? Is there anything you know, uh, or if you, you know, if you want to give them your number, what is it that you can provide them right now that they can call? Is there a number, you know, that they can call to get help, you know, that you, that you receive? Is there, if you, if you don't have that number right now, the next, if next, um, podcast, we can have that available for them if they want to seek help and, and go to a rehab place. You know, if you have a number for that, then we would like, I would like for you to, to um, provide that. But what do you have right now for them? So I don't have the number. I do have it at home so I can get that ready and available. Okay. Um, my name on Facebook is Rhiannon. So it's R-H-I-A-N-N-O-N. And my last name is Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R. I have the picture that uh, Miss Yolanda has used for the podcast. You can message me. Um, add me on Facebook if you need to to get to my direct message right away I am willing to help in any stage of addiction or recovery that a person needs me to do I'm asking God to use me whatever that requires I'm I'm for it middle of the night phone calls first thing in the morning phone calls we can do this we can do this together I will do what God tells me to do to move in your life and help you reach that point where you can say no more I'm done no more come on I want my life back wow powerful powerful so there you have it kings and queens out there if you have a loved one that's out there that are that are on drugs let them listen to this podcast let them hear her heart and hear her story she have other episodes on this podcast that it'd be good for you to just allow them just to listen to it and it's someone who's speaking from their point of view and ministering to them let them know that there is still hope for them that doesn't matter what state they are in so share this podcast with them allow them to listen to it and thank you uh, queen rihanna for getting on this podcast again thank you for saying yes and there you have it you have the information get in contact with her and you got somebody on your side it's not going to judge you. All right, kings and queens, that is it. We end this podcast. We thank you all for listening. Thank you for your time. And we love you. And God bless you. Like I always say, peace and blessings.